Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast that literally does what it wants, when it wants. My name is Chris, I am your host, and uh, we're back this week after technically two and a half weeks off. Although, dear listener, I know you're not going to believe me, but it is true. We did actually record an episode last week. It is the episode that will never be heard because unfortunately... It was brilliant. (laughs) It was fantastic. And unfortunately, the good people at Zoom decided it was so brilliant that they couldn't actually allow it to go out on the airwaves and scrubbed it from existence. So we can only apologise, but we did record something. Um, but unfortunately, We're waiting for the Met to finish their podcast before we can release ours. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sue Gray is currently investigating whether the podcast is suitable for uh, for human consumption. So until that, that uh, has been decided, we can't put it out for legal reasons. Um, anyway, get boosted. Let's move forward uh, onto the real world and out of the metaphors uh, we are back obviously this week and we're gonna we're gonna kind of do something a little bit different this week rather than going back over what has essentially been two and a half three sets of games we're just going to do a little bit of a kind of a mid-season report into uh, a batch of clubs all grouped together we'll look at the top the fight the fight for europe the mid-tablers and of course those at the very bottom um you will of course know by now that i have two guests with me this evening at uh, jez and phil with me alongside if you can be alongside each other on a podcast so good evening to you both hello uh so lady and gent let's um let's dive in then to to the league table so as i say rather than going through the last all the last results we'll just do a quick summation we know that PSG are top uh, since we last recorded. They uh, they defeated Brest 2-0 and they also won 4-0 against Rams. I don't think anyone would be too surprised by those results. Um, they seem to have levelled up their form again, unbeaten in five. Uh, they are 11 points clear. Uh, technically, Marseille do have a game in hand, so it could be cut to 10. But I think we're all in agreement they are going to win the league. And... Rather than ask you both the same sort of mundane question about can they do it in the Champions League, I'm going to sort of just float another question and and just simply ask you both what your thoughts are in terms of where the project PSG is right now. Um, I want to try and keep it to less than an hour, so just give me a brief summation. But um, Phil, I'll, I'll start with you. Where do you sort of feel this this project is going? Do, do you feel do you still feel a little bit sick in in the mouth when you? When you look at the whole thing that is Project PSG, do you look at it and think that they need a lot of change? Or are you sort of thinking they're kind of where they wanted to be if you look back on sort of the money that's come in, players that have come and gone in the last couple of years? I think it's um, what we've seen over the last couple of years is obviously the league performance and the Champions League performance are very different animals. And they are, yeah, they're going to win the league. But what else are they going to do? And that's, I think, the the thing that we've always been talking about. And whether they are going to break into the kind of top echelons of European football... Mm-hmm. That's the it's, key, isn't it? It's it's a that's the thing that's going to make the difference. That's the thing that the club is really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one Coupe de France game 
left in this round of uh, 16, they're going to be playing Nice, who, of course, are second. Yeah. Who have an even better form record. So it's like, now what are they going to do here? Uh, Which Mm. is, it's almost ignore the league and look at Europe. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's that's sort of where the focus is. Um, same, same sort of question to you, just just with a slight tweak. Then, can they can they afford to take their eye off the league? I mean, obviously this season, pretty much yes, they can because teams seem to just fall over themselves to to put, pretend to put on a show that they're going to crop up and then mysteriously their form disappears every time you think a team's going to go on a run they fall away so if we take this season as a bit of a a granted that they probably will take the trophy back but can they afford to overlook the league in favour of building again because you know Lille did take their crown off them previously we saw Monaco take it off them before that it it is a club that really with the wealth and, and everything that goes with it they should be winning the league every season without without failure really shouldn't they they should be. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, Nice have now got a lot of money behind them as well. So wait and see whether they're able to sort of build up any momentum. I think that the, the problem for the other clubs is that if any of them have a decent season, then they'll sort of sell their players and start again. So there's no chance to kind of build up any kind of um, legacy, for want of a better word. Mm. Um Whereas PSG are going to, they know that every year they're basically going to keep hold of all their players and, and you know, probably strengthen. And at worst, if any of the players leave, then then they'll replace them with someone who's also supposedly world-class. Um, I mean, more generally, I think that... So, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that the two titles that they've lost have been a sort of perfect storm of... Um, another team being consistently brilliant for the whole season and them taking their eye off the ball. I think, you know, they don't need to be anywhere near their best as we've seen this year and they should still be walking away with the title. Um, So I can see that happening again every few years as it, as it has done, but certainly you'd expect them to be winning it more often than not, but more generally for the, for the sort of project, I I still think I'm just going to repeat what I've said so many times before. I think it's just completely um, miss. I can't think of the words, but it's not. um, I just think they're going completely down the wrong direction. And, And what's kind of frustrating is that they're really not far away or it's not difficult to kind of, recalibrate you know you've got players like Mishu and and Shabby Simmons who when they've been given a chance have shown that they've got ability we've seen so many brilliant players come through the PSG youth team and then shine but for other clubs so I I don't think it's sort of beyond their means to um, work out how to sort of change those things a little bit and then obviously in terms of the the big name players that they've got Again, just stop being starstruck by the huge names. You know, Sergio Ramos, yes, he's been a brilliant defender for however many years, but that's the problem. However many years, he's way past his best. Um, Donnarumma is kind of the other side of the scale. He's a brilliant goalkeeper. I can understand them sort of signing him just for the sake of no one else signing him, but then it unsettles a keeper who's been brilliant for you since he's arrived. 
Um, even Messi, yes, you could say it was a no-brainer to sign him, um, but was he really what was needed? Um, I don't, and he hasn't helped the balance. He hasn't helped Pochettino in terms of um, picking the squads, whether he's allowed to pick whoever he wants or not. Um, so I just, yeah, I just think they need to have a proper stop and think about who, who they need to sign and why. And um, I think this summer, obviously, the almost certainly the, the really big thing, and today Bill was saying that a deal's already been done, um, a big thing will be Mbappe leaving. And, and it's sort of shameful or, or an indictment of everything about PSG that almost every week it's either Mbappe at one end or occasionally Marquinhos at the other saving their blushes and for a team that's sort of supposedly so laden with talent and so far ahead of everyone else in terms of um, resources it shouldn't be that way um, and you know despite the fact that in theory they all still filled Neymar, Messi, Di Maria for example um, you know take away Mbappe's goals this year and they're suddenly very very average yeah. so you'd need them to step up and you know, is Messi, has Messi really got the heart or the legs for it anymore? Has Neymar ever had it since he's been at PSG? Does he really care? Um, I'm not convinced. And in the meantime, it's still, if you ask me, an extremely average midfield and three quarters of the defence is pretty average as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. You, look, you look back at the weekend's results, they beat Mars 4-0. Brilliant. That was two from Rati, one from Ramos, and one from Delano. Mm. So Pereira. So it's when you rely on a mark of bullies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, Ferrati's going to. I think you saw that one coming. Um, I can confirm that um BSG are not signing. Uh, the lady who did the milkshake song. That was a very untimely advert that I clicked onto the Liga website that appeared to have popped up. So sorry about that. My apologies. But yeah, I do I think... wonder that, what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, where's the funny button? Get off. Um, I do I do wonder as well if the, the key, like you've both touched on there, depending on what whatever project PSG go for next, um, the replacing Mbappe question, that, that's hovering over over them and uh, it'll be very interesting to see what direction they do decide to go in to, uh, to sort of fan the flames of that particular departure which at this point seems inevitable um, I think that there again you know they obviously they don't need the money but hmm. to you know if the reports are true he's going to be the highest paid footballer in the world hmm. and obviously we know everything he's achieved and the, all the potential he's got to still achieve yeah. Um that you know they'll say that it's they'll try to put the blame on him and he can maybe share a little bit of the blame i don't know but again for psg to lose mbappe whether they need the money or not on a free um i just think you know just speaks to gross mismanagement again yeah it's not a good look is it and of course we don't really know what the future holds for uh, the management of, you know, Pochettino and that. I know some people are still sort of not convinced, uh, me included, but I guess we'll see at the end of the season uh, what they've won as to whether he 
remains or not. But let's have a, a little look at the chasing pack. Like I said, I want to group, want to group these together. Um, nice <clears throat> sort of bang in form is Phil touched on there. Five straight wins. They're up in second. They're joined in the chasing pack by Marseille, who are also unbeaten in five forty points, two points back on Nice. Uh, Strasbourg, who just said that uh, a few months ago, in fourth. Uh, and then I'll go as far as I'll go down really as far as Lons, uh, Ren Montpellier, Monaco, Lons, uh, sort of form the top eight. Um, if we look at kind of the big names there, Jez, I'll, I'll give you sort of the three, uh, three and a half, maybe four that stand out there. Nice, Marseille, Monaco and Ren probably would be the four if, if we're going to say four. Um, would it be fair to say that they are the ones that we are looking at as being the potential challenges, oh, I say challenges, the, the ones who are going to finish second, shall we say. Is it scrap between them? Um, I'll cover the other four with Phil in a second, but they're the four names that we're looking at, aren't we? And that is assuming, of course, that Leon and Leo don't get their act together in terms of name-wise, though, that they're the four that we're keeping a close eye on the second half of the season, yeah? I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't just Nice and Marseille. I'm not even mm. sure that... Any of the others a gap. Is, build yeah. enough. Um, and Ren have Europe, don't they, as well, to think about potentially. Well, I suppose Marseille do technically, but yeah. And Monaco. And Monaco, of course. Yeah, they're in the Europa, aren't they? Forget that. So they, I suppose, yeah. Well, well, if that's the case, would that, is that advantage Nice then? Because they've only got the league to worry about technically. Well, for now, anyway. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it probably is. Um, I just think they've got maybe a slightly more settled squad and team. Now Peltier really knows what he's doing. I mean, he always knew what he was doing, but I mean, you know, because he knows what he's doing, maybe that he's a steadier hand on the tiller than than some of the other coaches there. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've said before, they, 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 they've had a little blip, but they seem to be able to pull out wins, whether they're playing well or playing badly, which is obviously a... a um, a good knack to have. Mm. Um, and then Marseille is just really bizarre because at the start of the season, we were all saying, well, it's this amazing free-flowing football and the defence is extremely open and they're going to score loads of goals and they're going to concede lots of goals and it's just a question of whether they score more than they concede. As it turns out, they're not scoring many goals at all, but they're they've got a ridiculously mean defence. So it's completely against what we we're all expecting, but obviously just as um, just as effective. Um, so for me, I, I still think it's a relatively small squad. Um, some of the rumours about departures have gone quiet, so um, it may not get any smaller than it, some fans might have feared. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of it maybe depends more than say for Nice. I think on on sort of fitness and and making sure that the the close knit first team squad stays stays fit and raring to go. Yeah, and they have been handed a two window transfer ban. I know they they were planning to appeal that, but. That's still in place at the moment, I think. It doesn't start till the summer. 
Yeah, and they and and in turn they seem to have gone out and done business. I mean, you're just saying there, Jez, about them, uh, you know, not particularly conceding goals. They, they've signed say a Kalasinac from Arsenal, so that will change when he gets game time. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Cedric Bakambu came in and scored in his debut inside, so I think it's 13 minutes, and he looked. I mean, it's, you can't judge on one game, of course, but he looked sharp. I think he's a, a good little pickup, and they seem to be trying to get business done in this window in case. They can't do it in the summer. But yeah, you, you are right. That is impending as we speak, for sure. Um, what about those other clubs then, Phil? Because let's have a look at that, that other that other batch then. I'll, I guess probably the easiest simplified way of putting the question to you is of the other four, um, and you're not allowed to be biased here, uh, Lens, Montpellier, Strasbourg, and uh, well, I guess we've, we have sort of covered the others within that batch. Haven't we? So of those three more underdog clubs, could you see any of those three and, and which in particular to rally, whether it be second might be a push too far, but could could one of those three arguably finishing in the top five positions, therefore qualifying for Europe? That would be quite a step forward, particularly if Strasbourg or Lons get there. Arguably, Montpellier, obviously, you know, you know better than anyone, previous champions, but in recent times, not not quite so consistent. Is there a sort of a favourite of those three, do you think? Or, or do you think they've all got a good chance of finishing those top five? I think it's a bit of a bum fight, given that they're all within two points of each other, basically. But Ren's form has dropped off a bit. And given that they're going to have Europe re-kicking off soon, you would be looking at Monaco, I think as the one who could keep that consistency. Um, manager bounce as well. Because Strasbourg, Lens have been great, but you always have the feeling, will this last? Mm. And I think with Monaco, you do have the feeling it will. And I know that's weird because their form recently has been very up and down, but I think when it comes to it, they're going to be, they've got the resources, financial and staff to you know, make, uh, make inroads there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Monaco hop up a couple of places and then it's going to be a fight to the death um, uh, towards the end of the season to see who gets the best of the European places. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Monaco, as I think we all agreed that uh, Kovac was slightly harshly dealt with, but at the same time, under Clement, there, there have been some, some noticeable changes, I, I think, anyway, in the, the limited amounts I've seen him since he's taken over in fairness, but... I'm, I'm just thinking, I know Leon are 11th, mm. but points-wise, they're not that far off. The one thing with Leon as well... A little, and... a little hutch up at the table would also not be um, that unexpected. No, true. And they, they have a transfer window, by the way. Uh, we are probably, I think, well, I've just made this executive decision. Um, we'll probably have a look at the finalised deals in next week's pod because by then we'll know exactly where they've all gone. We're recording this at time of recording with five or, so, or four or five hours to go yet, so it could be a lot of late deals. But what we will say... Axe machines are currently purring. 
being grinded up. What I would say is at the time of recording, Leon have brought back Tango and Dumbele and mm-hmm. they've done Roman Fair from Brest, which is excellent pieces of business. They have also lost Bruno Grimaish to uh, to Saudi Arabia, uh, Newcastle. So um, yeah, there is a you know there's a bit of change in that Leon squad, and I wonder if there might be a bit more changing. I, th- I think Alice has come out today and said he expects both Paqueta and Awar to leave in the summer. It's almost like he's um, I don't know, manipulating the market. I mean, who'd have thought? He never does that normally. But yeah, you are right to say uh, Leon probably were within a shout of that. Um, mid-table, for obvious reasons, I don't want to focus on too heavily because it's mid-table for a reason. And we've already covered a little bit of Leon and a bit of Leo there. But if we just kind of um, if we just kind of group together 14th upwards, uh, so in, in that midst, you've got Rams, Brest, Angers, We've mentioned Leon and Lille, and then you've got Nantes as well. Um, Jez, any any of those clubs particularly stand out? I, I kind of want to give a little bit of love to to Rouse because I feel like they're I feel like they're a club that anybody wouldn't know much about. Ligue 1 would probably look at look at their resources and you know sort of the, the name itself and think, oh, they might be a struggler. I think they've done really well so far this season, and, and they're, they're quite entertaining, and they've got some good good players that potentially attend the eye of other clubs. So they would be the one that stand out for me. But we, we talked about Angers probably struggling without Moulin. They're comfortable in 12th. Brest, we, we really worried for at the start of the season when they were on that terrible run and they seem to have levelled things out. Nantes, you know, we all know how close they were to lead the last season. Is there a bit of a trend here in clubs that maybe we thought would be a lot lower down or, or actually holding their own? but still have to look over their shoulder a touch. Is there any of that group that I've mentioned that stand out to you? I think most of that group is, um, as you said, it's almost like they're um, out to kind of embarrass the the pundits because I think all, all of those, certainly for my part, I, I had all of them as sort of tips as potential relegation candidates. Um, as you said, Angers changing coach after a long time and a lot of um, mess and politics behind the scenes. Um, Reims as well, change of, um, of coach. Um, Brest arguably getting rid of a more sort of footballing coach for a, a more kind of get down and dirty kind of coach. And then not sort of perennial strugglers, strugglers of recent years and, and Combuare had sort of turned a little bit into a kind of allodice that, that was kind of parachuted in to try to fight relegation <laughs> battles. So I didn't have huge hopes for any of them, but I think all, all four have, have not only done well, but kind of at times played some really good football. Um, Reims, I was pleasantly surprised because I don't, I think Oscar Garcia has sort of turned into a bit of a, a sort of Grinch in football terms, but not only are they playing decent enough football, but he's also um, blooding a hell of a lot of, of young talents, um, some of whom we'd already seen a bit of, like Mbuku and, and Toure, but he's brought others through. And, and obviously, Ekitike has been in the news a little bit today, but um, you know, he, he's thrived and, and a few others have been given their chances as well. Flips as well, I think. So, um, yeah, I think Prince kind of. I don't think they're going to pull up any trees and it was only 
you know, they're not that far off the relegation zone. It was only a couple of weeks ago that, that you were certainly suggesting they, they could easily be drawn back in. And I'm not saying that isn't going to happen, but I think they're, they're sort of displaying all the good things about Liga in general. So, um, you know, I hope they'll be OK. Brest, um, again, we've seen some really good football from them this year, um, kind of sharing the goals around as well. So um been impressed to them and, and I guess what will be interesting there is sort of how much they'll, they'll come to, to Miss Fevre who is a very important player for them um, Angers they've again un- uncovered a couple of really good young talents and, and still kind of got that nice balance of, of sort of exciting youngsters at the front and then balanced out with the likes of, of Thomas and Traoré at the back and, and Buffal who's kind of come back and, and got a bit of a second wind, for example. And, and they've had a bonus today in a way in that um, Fulgini's move to, to Mönchengladbach has fallen through. So they probably will have him for the rest of the season. Um, and not, again, the concern for me actually now is, is probably in the summer because they're going to lose um, Kolomuani for free. He's, I think, signed today with Frankfurt or was about to. Um, yeah. Even if he doesn't sign today, I mean, he's, he's definitely going to go for free in the summer and what a talent he is. But there again, I think they've, they've been playing much better football than I ever expected them to under Comboare. So I think all four, te- all four teams deserve a lot of credit and I would expect them all to, to survive um, and, and sort of good luck to them. I think they all deserve to. For, for And they're all showing again. Like I said, in the background at Angers, there's, there's been a few issues and obviously not with them. Um, Valdemar Quita, there's always issues, but it shows that um, if at least the, the football side of, of the structure is kind of well run, then you can sort of you know start new cycles and, and still maintain your place in, in, in Ligue 1 by, by doing things correctly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And just on one of those names you mentioned, uh, I make no secret of the fact I'm, I'm quite a big Ekatike fan. And uh, since I've learned how to say his name correctly, well done me, um, <laughs> I was quite pleased to see that, I mean, obviously things can change, as we said before, but he apparently has turned down the move to the Premier League because he wants to stay with France until the end of the season, which I actually think is quite wholesome if that does happen. Um, and and I, th- I just feel like he has the potential to, to do extremely well if he gets a, a good move. Uh, maybe to a certain club close to my heart, which is never going to happen and it makes me sad. Anywho, um, <laughs> let's, let's move down to the bottom, shall we, Phil, if you're part of the expression. Um, I mean, where to start? We, well, we should say St Etienne, because they did win a game and they didn't they, they, they won a game. And this is what I think is interesting. It's we had some catch-up games that were... Three last week and one this week. And that's kind of thrown the shot among the pigeon. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the catch-up games, we had Trois beat Montpellier. And more recently, as you say, Saint-Étienne won a game of football. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Against Angers. Um, but also last round you got utterly chaotic game which was Bordeaux 4 Strasbourg 3 yeah but also Clermont bizarrely beat Rennes 2-1 so I I had I had a significant bet on 
things been the other way around, shall we mm. say? Anyway, so that means that the bottom of the table has kind of closed up a bit. And Saint Etienne, who we've, I think, all thought were dead and buried a while back, are now just two points off Lyon in 19th. And I'm sorry, Chris, but they're the ones who aren't doing it. Yeah. Things need to change. Yeah. Again, apologies to Jess. It looks like the big guys, by which I mean Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, the ones with the massive history, are kind of pulling themselves together. Yeah. Now, how long this lasts, God only knows, because also we will come off the Coupe de France in a minute, uh, but it's not looking as perilous for Saint-Étienne as it was before. I think yeah. the, the fact that one result and it changes that quickly sort of shows that yeah. it is very close down there. Last week, mess. Last week, mess won and sort of jumped up from nineteenth to fifteenth. And this week, because of all those obscenely unfair other results that you just went through, <laughs> they're they're back down near the bottom. So yeah. things change quickly. So I wouldn't quite say things are turning around for Bordeaux and Saint Etienne yet, although they're both having sort of very active transfer windows again, while others mm. have not got those same kind of means or pull. Exactly. You know. That's their while they are in similar footballing chaos as other teams. They do have maybe just a structural benefit that they are those traditionally bigger teams. I'm sort of keeping my faith in the idea that that Lorient will do enough business because they they do have that sort of very well run element in the background. And I sort of feel that some of the names have been linked. I did see. So you did only see... seem to be going after really average aging goalkeepers at the moment. Well, yeah, but that, did you see the link to Lecomte? And I thought that's an odd one because I, I mean I, I would be happy with that. But as I said to you, but also just... Berkey and Mondonda. Yeah, and I don't get. Why what Paul Nardi has done, unless I've missed, I don't think he's going to play them all in the back four. Well, the, the other problem I think Lauren have got as well is since Teramoffi's form dropped off and Lorente's form dropped off, they just haven't been able to score goals. And that's something that you could usually rely on that they would be able to get enough goals. Um, you know, that even if they conceded three or four, that they would still win enough games 2 1 or 3 2 normally, and even if they got a few beltings. And the biggest frustration. So for me, as somebody watches them more regularly than other clubs, is you they turn up against PSG without fail, you know, and, and look quality or when they're on the telly and then go and lose ridiculous games where, you know, they really shouldn't. And that's that's the concern. I, I do. I, and I, I totally agree with both of your points about the teams that are down there. I don't feel like we've heard the last of St Etienne and Bordeaux struggles. I'm still less convinced that they are about to turn themselves around. But as we've just said with those other results, I mean, that say that Claremont result against Wren, I mean, that was just totally, you know, uh-huh. caught me completely unawares. Um, and I still feel like there's a possibility that a club, and again, I, I'm not going to nail my colours to the mast here, but I still feel like a club 
in that group we talked about in mid-table could still fall down if, and this is a big if, the clubs below them can get their acting gear. Um, I'm guessing Angers. I mean, Angers' form has been patchy, hasn't it? playing a part in keeping others close. Getting themselves out of trouble. Yeah. And I'm not sure they've got anything. Like Jess was talking about Brest on Rance, they play nice football. Mm. I'm not sure I've watched an Angers game where I've thought that. The, the only thing I would say is in Angers' favour is, I mean, they are able to score goals. They've got 28 goals this season. Same with Brest. I think if you look at a club kind like... kind of don't notice how they do that. No. Do you know uh, what I mean? It's yeah, they, they don't. Like, you never see them win 4 out. No, no, that's that's true. Whereas I look at a club like Toi, for example, and I watch them against Lyon um, before the sort of mini break we're on now, and... And they look like a side who they gave Leon a really good game, but they never looked like they could score, um, despite the attacking talents of Adil Rami uh, joining the club. But um, yeah, they, they just they just didn't they just didn't look like they could score goals. And, and reminder relax. that Rami's got twice as many goals as Messi this season. <laughs> That's a very good point. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but barring and we we joke about Rami, but. Toir are one of those sides that you can imagine them scoring goals from set pieces with said centre-backs coming up, but you don't really see them being a club that's going to score many outfield, and the fact they've got 20 goals this season sort of leads into that. Um, so they're, they're one I do look at, and then we all, we all know Bordeaux and, and Sanetian have got enough in their squads to be higher than they are, and higher than they, they, they certainly should be not anywhere near where they are right now, but um, they are where they are. And in order to stay out of that position, 15 points for Sanetian, you know, let's, let's, let's be real here. They're still four points away from being out of the relegation spots, let alone actually surviving, which means they have to win realistically two games above the sides directly above them, um, which are, of course, Lauren and Metz. Either that or, or me and Jess can just have a lovely old time together and know whatever will be will be, right? So... You know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I, I do feel like there's, I do feel like we're, we're talking about two, two automatic relegation spots from probably eight clubs, realistically. So the uh, the bottom end might be just as exciting as the top end, which is always good when the leagues come back, which we'll come on to in a second. Um, we are going to little, talk a little bit of uh, Coup de France, which we'll come on to Phil in just a second, just before we do, seems to be doing a bit of a, a sort of mid, mid-term report. Um, I'll just give you some some fun stats. Top goal scorers currently. We um, said Ben Yedder is top of the charts. Uh, Jazz will be interested to know that six of those are penalties. Good stuff. Um, Jonathan David uh, still being linked with moves away. Um, his counter side beat the US last night. He's having a lovely old time. Um, Twelve no, goals for him. No maples. He's he's having a he's having a great time. We have the Maple Kings. Um, only two from the spot, by the way. Ludovic York. Europe's greatest striker. Love him. Uh, ten goals for him. He's in third place. Level with Amin Guiri, Gaetan Laborde, and some bloke called Mbappe. Never heard of him. And uh, Martin Terrier, which I must admit, surprised me a bit when I saw ten goals this season. I didn't realise he got that many, but he has. Um, and then on the on the rails coming up behind Wang Uzhou with his hat-trick last week, he's got nine for the season. Andy Delore with eight. And the aforementioned uh, Ekitike and Colin Moani both have eight themselves this season as well. Um, and just having a look at, uh, I'm not going to do assists, but I do like this one. Disciplinary records. Uh, Gravelon 
at Rams. Seven <laughs> yellows, two reds. Love that. Uh, Teji Savanio, Phil, this will not shock you. Six yellows, two reds. Yep. Um, Jordan Ferry, the Montpellier bad boys, eight yellows, one red. And um, yeah, we're, we're way down that tape. I think. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> players, players to not be trusted. This is just a list of them. Uh, Benjamin Andre's on that list. Marco Verratti, that surprises me. Eight bookings? Surely not. That surely must be a misprint. Uh, he, of course, is there. Uh, Nicolas Palois is on there. Um, Ergo is on there. Medina from Lance. All, all the usual crew that you'd expect to get a few uh, cards are on that list. So that's always a fun little group. Um, Phil, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Coupe de France because we are in the what you would call the advanced stages now. PSG Nice to come tonight, but all the other games have been played in that round uh, of 16. PSG Nice, we don't care because Too big. we have had some absolutely cracking upsets. Now, firstly, Bastia, remember them? They're back in Ligue 2. And they beat Rance on penalties. And we have another leader side uh, because there was an all-leader match between Nancy and Amiens. And Amiens won that too. So we got two leader sides. We also have both of the Petit Poussé. The fourth tier side, the National de. First of all, Versailles beat Toulouse away, 1-0. 79th minute, the 18-year-old substitute, Capit Bafan Joko, scored for Versailles. There was a red each side. It was a fairly chaotic match. So they were through, and that was on Saturday. And then on Sunday, on Sunday, just get ready to do the music. Bergerac. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Beat Saint-Étienne, 1-0. Was it a robbery? 76th minute. Axel I was about to sing a Satetienne song as well. <laughs> Substitute Axel Tressers, who'd come in a minute before, got the goal. And they are through as well. So we have two fourth-tier sides, two Ligue 2 sides, and four Ligue 1 sides going through to the quarterfinals. Uh, elsewhere, we had uh, Nantes beat Brest uh, 2-0 with a double from Ludwig Blas. Uh, yeah, Marseille beat Montpellier on penalties, that, whatever. Um, Just going to overlook that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Monaco won 4-2 away at Lens in a hilariously chaotic game. Uh, and, yeah, we have PSG versus Nice happening later. So the draw here is going to be key. But are you... we've got the two pretty Pousset are still in it. Versailles, per- Bergerac, everybody, you know, get a flag, get a scarf. Uh you hope, be... hope that they get further because that would be brilliant. 
are you going to be willing to nail your colours to the mast and say who other than PSG are going to win this? I Lord knows, because um, PSG are playing Nice tonight, and I think Nice, nice might do something like that. I well, don't know why. Just feeling. get them, so whatever. Apparently, um, because Neymar's not available, Messi's going to be wearing the number 10 shirt. Oh, yeah, of course, because they don't have their normal. Yeah, good point, yeah. I'm just seeing if I can find the lineups. actually. I don't know if they've come out yet. They've not come out yet. Kickoff isn't until tw- uh, five past, uh, quarter past no, eight. No, I'll be in for 15 minutes. Yeah. But, no, having had kind of three upsets in this round is brilliant. And apart from anything else, you know, it, I don't bust year are an acquired taste, but it's it's nice to see them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Akitike did get the opener for Rance, um, but it was a Sebastian Salomonge who got the equaliser, and then there was a penalty shootout, which, yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it, it is, like you said, it is kind of good news for Bastard to be coming back. I just hope their fans can behave, you know. Uh, that, that, that's the only thing, isn't it? It's nothing such to do with the club. It's just more about the people that may be associated with it at the time. But um, The other yeah. club's fans have been behaving really well. Yeah. Th- that is also yeah. a very fair point that I have overlooked. Yeah. Can we, By the way, also, who, considering who it's who a Farmers gone, League, it's amazing how Premier League are copying it. <laughs> Say again, Phil. Sorry, who has got games in hand right now? It's um, Marseille-Lyon. Yeah, see... So uh, Lyon-Marseille. Yeah, in terms of the league... Uh, hang on a minute, sorry, let me just go back again. Those um, are the ones that have... There's just just the what there's just the one is that yeah Marseille and Lyon uh, both played twenty one everyone else has played twenty two because that game of course was the the one that didn't end uh, in, in the nicest way that was the the Payet bottle gate wasn't it so yeah um, that one have to has to be sorted out at some point and then we'll see what happens with that but yeah um, I take your point there just as you say it's not it's not exactly been the um, picture of innocence throughout Europe this season either. Even in some closed sta- uh, stadia, there's still been fracas, etc. So not ideal, I think it's fair to say. Um, but yeah, that's where we are in terms of Liga at the moment. Um, what we will do is just have a quick look ahead because the fixtures return this week. I think it is match week 22, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 23. 20, 23, sorry. Yeah, I'm a week behind everybody here. There we go. Um, so, yeah, we're recording this on the 31st of January, uh, new month tomorrow, and the league returns on Friday night. Marseille not playing on a Sunday night, but they are playing on a Friday night this time. They host Angers, as we mentioned earlier on, you know, Angers probably be looking to um, try and get some consistency in form, whether they'll find it at the Velodrome, we shall see. St Etienne Montpellier, um, again, big test this for St Etienne, their win after Overanger, they need to now capitalise on that and and uh, sort of hopefully try and pick up another Don't three points. Don't. I mean, not for you, Phil, absolutely. Um, and if they do lose this game, well, I think we just go back to where we were all over again. Uh, Monaco v Lyon, that should be a little bit tasty. Saturday night affair, 8 o'clock UK time. That'll be worth the watch. Uh, Lorient v Lens on Sunday uh, leaves me 
basically well i mean there isn't a sofa big enough for me to hide behind so uh, i'll be watching that through through my fingers uh, nice against claremont again as we said last week you would expect the uh, the home side to take the points there but claremont you know that whenever run you just never know now uh rams against bordeaux suddenly that's got the look of quite a big fixture about it again two o'clock on sunday uh you feel that if rams get the win there then that puts bordeaux right back where they started from square one again um, but equally, if Bordeaux were to take anything from that draw or win, uh, Rams will be looking over their shoulder a little bit. Uh, Strasbourg against Nantes in that uh, fight for Europe. Uh, that's also a two o'clock game, as is Trois versus Metz. Uh, I'm sure Jez will be a thinking Fight for much. Europe. <laughs> Maybe not this one, fight for you. Fight for uh, to stay in the division, though, very much so. And uh, you do feel that if there is a, any winner from this game, the club who doesn't get the points will be uh, slightly ever so more concerned about their perilous position. So, you know, that's got nil-nil written all over it. In other words, um, Ren against Brest is the four o'clock game. Uh, a bit of a purist game. That one should be fairly entertaining. And uh, speaking of entertaining, you'd like to think anyway, that the current champions Lille against the champions elect PSG on Sunday night will uh, probably represents uh, a, a decent affair to watch as well. So that's where our attention will likely be. Um, that is where we are at the moment. Um, I'm just going to ask you both sort of one other question, if you will, just before we wrap it up for this week. Um, Jez, I will uh, start with you. Any, because I'm not going to ask for the transfer question. Don't worry, Phil, you're safe. So I'm going to ask you this one, Jez. Any particular either move that you maybe expect to happen either in or out of Liga uh, or any particular club that you're just personally keeping an eye on as the window closes in terms of that could potentially make signings to either survive or push on for the second half of the season? Um, in terms of leaving Liga, I mean, I think Gimarish is obviously the, the, the probably the, the big name of players who've left. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and all the sort of usual implications in terms of France, yet again, showing itself to be a sort of feeder for all the money in the Premier League. And, and a slight disappointment with him. I know Lyon aren't exactly having a good season, but, um, you know, they are still in Europe. They are still in with a chance of, of getting a European, European place this year. It is the city of Lyon and he's giving all of that up for okay to quadruple his salary but still a shame mm. um think of all the bars and the food he's leaving behind there jonathan yeah. pierce will be livid because <laughs> he knows leon very very well absolutely um, also that there's one that was sort of muted last week and, and it looks like it's going to happen which is um reynaldo to uh atletico which okay, i think yeah. is, is kind of um I think Julien Laurence on the on the um, totally European show sort of you know said called him a player that no one's heard of, but um, you know I think he was a very very important and underrated part of of Lille's title win last year and and could actually be a really big loss to them, which mm. I have to say I I don't think is made up for by Ben Arthur coming to Lille. I, don't understand that move whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I take your point. We'll see. I might be proven wrong. And, and as usual, he might have sort of a couple of good games at home, which everyone will rave about for the rest of the season, completely forgetting 
when he very quickly becomes completely anonymous again. But yeah. anyway, I I was going to say I hope it works out for Guvenek's sake, but I don't. <laughs> um, and in terms of sort of looking out for for who's going to bring players in, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Leon still spring a surprise or two, either outgoing or incoming. So they they seem to have been the most active. I know that they've lost out on Lo Celso, but they look close to signing him at one point. And as we said, a Gimmerish out, but I think Fevre and Ndombele coming in, and Ndombele only on loan, but still, I think they're two really good signings. Um, mm. Aoua apparently is out for a little bit now because um, he injured his thigh having a shot in training. Yes, that, that That'll teach him to put in a bit of effort. Um, so I wonder if that they'll they'll look to maybe bring some someone else in as cover. I guess it's yet another midfielder. I still think that they're, they're a little bit short, if anywhere up front, especially because Toko Kambi's obviously away for a little bit longer because he's having a really good can. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still sort of intrigued about Leon, and then I think who Bordeaux and Saint Etienne, who both have been linked with so many players, you know, even down to Phil Jones being rumored to to be about to join. <laughs> Yeah, Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux yeah. at one point. Bizarre, yeah. So yeah, seeing if if either of them bring anyone else in. Um, yeah. Apart from that, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's going to be any particularly exciting names coming in. Um, no. I mean, as a Mets fan, I don't understand why we've got you know, we've got a couple of really talented young strikers on the on the bench. We've got another really talented striker on loan, and we've brought in someone from the. Belgian second division who nobody's heard of and hasn't even got a good scoring record so god knows what the thinking is behind that it hasn't cheered any mess fans up but <laughs> you can you can live in hope that he turns out to be the new Messi and everything's great um there is there is one that's gone through recently which nobody will probably know much about this guy but I don't get out much and I don't see daylight clearly often enough but there is a player that Bordeaux have got over the line today uh, on loan from Malmo uh, chap called uh, Anel Ahmed, Ahmed Hodzic. Um, he he's supposed to come with quite a reputation in terms of ability. I, and I appreciate it's Malmo; it's the Swedish league, and you can never be too sure what you're getting. But the reports are that that Bordeaux have beat a fair amount of clubs that were quite interested in taking him. He's a, he's a, an option. He's a low with an option to buy centre back, um, big, strong, twenty two years of age, six foot four, six foot four, yeah. Checks check stats. Um, he might be one that maybe stops the goals going in past Bordeaux, uh, but I guess we shall have to see. Uh, well, on that, by uh, the way, Bordeaux ditched Koscielny because he's old and supposedly got attitude problems and isn't yeah. the fittest and makes mistakes, and they brought in Marcelo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, and and come home, Laurent. All is fine. You, you, there will always be a home at Laurent. It's not a problem. You can come back to us, and, and you'll be fine. You say after me, or so to be fair, I mean, yeah, we could play him up front. Maybe be better than what we've got at the moment. Um, There's a, a just I I don't pay attention as you mentioned, but in the women's game, there is uh, an interesting. Um, movement, which mm. is uh, Lindsay Hoyer, who used to play for PSG, um, is will be coming for the second part of the season to Lyon, and she mm. was on the sidelines for the grand shock of the Wittium of the Coupe de France Femina, which was PSG versus Lyon. P- 
PSG won 3 0. Leon did not look up to much. Um, so you're thinking Juan's going to get some game time and work on that. So that was an interesting move um, that she, after basically being forced out of PSG by the US women's national team saying you have to play in America or we're not going to pick you uh, she's now going back so yeah. that will be very interesting I think elsewhere uh, Paris FC Fleury, Reims uh, Isra Montpellier, Rodez and Soyo are through to the quarterfinals of the Coupe de France for now but yeah, PSG made Lyon look ordinary, mm. which is a thing. Good to see Carol Hemway, uh back playing again after the uh, terrible events a couple of months ago where she was basically beaten up getting out of the car. Yeah. So she was back and doing her thing um on the pitch and that was really good to see yeah yeah 100 yeah after everything that uh, she went through it's good to see that i know that uh leon is sniffing around a couple of arsenal women's players at the moment as well so that will, sure uh, they are. that'll go down well i'm sure um right okay well i i, I think we've done pretty well in an hour there to to sum up the last three weeks of, of non-temp for you all so hopefully that has kept you uh nice and entertained dear listener and um, once again we do apologize for last week but sometimes uh, things just uh things just happen beyond our control technology hey gotta love it but anyway assuming you are listening to this now which i'm sure you are um thank you ever so much for joining us we really appreciate it we will uh, of course aim to be back as usual in our, our normal slot next week um we have naturally I say all the games get back underway again and we're back up to speed with League on Action so we'll have plenty to get our teeth into um, any sign of crowds being up yet Phil or are we still under restrictions for the time being? Oh I have no idea. I don't I, either just do you know? It no. seems to be some places are fine and some places aren't and yeah. I don't know I certainly and haven't they did seen go back anything to 5,000 and then they were talking about doing it sort of proportionate proportionately to stadium capacity yeah no i i haven't seen any change so um i guess like you dear listener we'll just have to rely on the expertise of jonathan pierce to let us know because i'm sure he'll be across it uh, as with everything french football of course um anyway before i go down that particular rabbit hole again i am going to draw a an end to this week so uh just Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure you'll join me in, in saying we wish our clubs well this weekend so as not to end up in, in league to us. So, uh, yeah, let's hope for better. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up. You sounded uh, so enthusiastic. <laughs> any sort of result we'll take at this stage. Uh, yeah, and, you, you said no, no earlier. I'll take that all day. Yeah, that's true. I'd take that from, from Lauren as well, to be fair. Uh, and Phil, uh, good luck in your quest for uh, European football for Montpellier again, and we'll be back next week to discuss how that particular weekend got on for you as well. Thank you. You are very welcome. Right. So, as I say, thank you, Dear Listener, for uh, bearing with us, for tuning in. Much appreciated. Uh, we will, as I say, cover 
the majority or you know the, the big moves of the transfer window next year there's always one that i see that i didn't realize had happened about six months down the line ago oh i didn't know he'd gone there <laughs> it'll it, it'd probably be like julian draxler or somebody who just slips the net and we completely look over but assuming we can pick out the big ones to west ham apparently oh christ that's a good fit if ever i saw one um but yeah we'll, we'll pick out the best of the bunch and uh any that, that we think are um sort of you know big names we will of course let you know where they've gone and for how much so we'll cover that next week but until then uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, enjoy the return of French football this weekend, and we'll speak to you very soon.